0: Well, Woodlands Church, this weekend, we're concluding the series Soul Safari, and we've been looking for those things that satisfy our soul. We've been on a hunt the last few weekends for those things that our soul longs for. And today, we're going to look at something our souls desperately seek, and that's integrity. Now, the root of the word integrity is integer. And if you remember back in your math days in school, an integer is simply a whole number as opposed to being a fraction. And so integrity is wholeness. Being whole as opposed to being fragmented or fractured in life. When you're fragmented in life, it means that you act one way at work and another way at home. You act one way with your friends at church and another way with your friends at school. That you compartmentalize your life and maybe you have a, a work compartment, and maybe you have a family compartment, and then maybe you have a, a God compartment over here, then you have some secret compartments and, and hobbies and different things, and, but you keep it all separate. But integrity is wholeness, and God wants us to live lives of integrity. But our culture today seems to always put image over integrity. We don't live in the age of integrity. We live in the age of the asterisk. Our sports heroes who've inspired us so much have asterisk by their names in the record books because they cheated the system in order to achieve those records by using performance enhancing drugs. Lance Armstrong taught us to live strong and then we found out that he lied strong. And I don't even wanna get into the politicians, okay? It just seems like that integrity is so rare in our culture today. But it's really easy to point fingers at others to say they lack integrity. But what I want us to do today is look at our own souls and see where we lack integrity. Because we all struggle with finding integrity that satisfies our souls. Integrity really comes down to decisions. It's making decisions of integrity. Now it would be real easy to make decisions of integrity if everything in life was easy. But the problem is life is really hard. And it's in the difficulties of life that you make decisions of integrity. It's not during the easy moments of life. There are rarely any of those. Life is really tough. It's really difficult, but it's in those difficult moments when you make a decision of integrity that your soul finds what it really longs for and it desperately needs. Now, I watched that Discovery Channel documentary, The Serengeti, and I learned something. The Serengeti is a really harsh, extreme environment. I didn't realize how harsh it was, how extreme it was. You know there was one show where the water hole dried up and the animals, some of them started dying of thirst and it threatened all of them. Now the best case scenario in the Serengeti is the water hole is filled and you got plenty of water and you come down to get a drink of water and you get eaten by a lion or a crocodile. I mean, every day it's just a battle to survive in the Serengeti. All the animals are just battling every day just trying to survive that one day. And sometimes life feels like a Serengeti of struggles where we're just barely surviving. And maybe you've hit a drought in your life where your water hole has started to dry up. Maybe the growth in your business has started to dry up. Or maybe your emotions have started to dry up and you're starting to get numb just going through the motions and not really letting in the emotions of life because you've been hurt and wounded so much. Or maybe your business is really growing and you're just feeling the stress that everything around you is trying to tear you apart limb from limb. You see, we all go through this Serengeti of struggles. Maybe your marriage is barely surviving. Maybe you just feel like you're barely making it in life. You're just trying to survive another day. We're not talking about thriving. We're just talking about trying to survive to get through another day without being torn apart, limb from limb. And that's the way life is so many times. But it's those decisions that you make in the difficulties of life that really restore your soul with integrity. There's so much power in integrity. And so what I want us to do today is look at a guy in the Bible who had great integrity. His name was Daniel, you know all about Daniel. Now whenever we're going through life and we're really following God and we're doing things right, there's just something about believers where we think that things should be easy, We should never run into problems, that we shouldn't get into a Serengeti of struggles in our lives. But it's often not the case. Now sometimes we get into a Serengeti of stress because of our own bad decisions and it creates a world of hurt. We've all been there. In fact, I got a little video to really illustrate this. It's a viral video I came across recently and the title of it is why women live longer than men. And it's real self-explanatory, just watch. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to say anything about that, do I? (laughs) Ladies, I don't need to say anything about that. But it's so true that sometimes we make some really dumb decisions and it creates a world of hurt for us. But then sometimes... We're following God with all our heart. You know, we're really seeking God's direction in our lives when we find ourselves in a jungle of problems, sinking in the quicksand of doubt. Because for those of you who are believers, I don't, I don't know what it is, but we as Christ followers, whenever we run into a Serengeti of struggles, we tend to think, wow, I must have taken a wrong turn. I must be out of God's will. This can't be God's plan for my life because. This is really hard, so how can this be what God wants because this is so painful, this is so difficult. I must be out of God's will. And so many times, we're right in the middle of God's will because God brings us into those places so that we can make decisions that produce integrity in our souls. And then we come alive because you are made to live a life of integrity. I'm gonna give you many more definitions of integrity to help us understand it today, but we're gonna look at this guy, Daniel, who he followed God with all his heart, he made all the right decisions, he was in the middle of God's will, and he ended up in the lion's den. And sometimes we follow God with all our hearts and we end up in the lion's den, but it was the middle of God's will because God allowed Daniel to end up in the lion's den so that the power of integrity could be on display and it changes everyone around him. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Daniel and just follow along with me. I first want you to know Daniel was a young Hebrew man who was taken into captivity into Babylon and there in Babylon, he distinguishes himself even though he's a Hebrew and he's not a Babylonian. The Babylonian rulers start to recognize his integrity. God blesses his integrity, and he's being raised up to the ranks of government. When a new king takes over, King Darius of the Medes and Persians comes in and conquers, and he takes over, and he notices Daniel right away because integrity is so rare. If you live a life of integrity, you will stand out. And so he notices Daniel because he's trustworthy, and the king plans to put Daniel over all the administration of his kingdom. He plans to put Daniel there to run the whole kingdom. And all the other administrators are really jealous of Daniel. So they go to the king and they play to the king's ego. They say, king, you are a god. You should be treated like a god. You should be worshiped like a god. People need to pray to you. And they got the king to sign this ridiculous law that for the next 30 days, you couldn't pray to anyone other than the king or you'd be thrown into a den of hungry lions, torn from limb to limb. So what does Daniel do? He prays, not to the king, but to the one true living God. And he prays to God and he's arrested. The trap was set, he's arrested, he's thrown into the lion's den, and the king feels horrible about it, because he loves Daniel, but he also cares about his reputation. So he throws him into the lion's den and that's where we pick it up at our key passage. So would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodland Church, and just follow along with me. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. The stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation, may not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever, My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Dear God, today I thank you that you can lift us out of the lion's den of difficulties. You can lift us out of a lion's den of of pain and problems, but Lord, we also know that sometimes you allow us to step into the lion's den so that we can experience what our souls long for. And then, Lord, you lift us out as a display of your power. I pray for all those, Lord, who feel like they're in a a lion's den of problems and pain today that you would just let them know that you're gonna lift them out and that you would just speak to our hearts today, Lord, in such a way that we realize how much our souls are longing for integrity. And you really begin to change us from the inside out so that it changes everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. And I want you to see that Daniel was a man of integrity long before he went into the lion's den. Let's look at Daniel six, verse four. It says, at this the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So the other advisors to the king were jealous of Daniel. They tried to find dirt on Daniel. They couldn't find anything because with Daniel, he walked the walk. What you saw was what you get. He wasn't hiding anything. He was whole and complete through and through. Now I wanna give you another definition of integrity. Integrity is integrating my true self into my daily decisions. Integrity is integrating my true self into my daily decisions because we have what I call this disconnect of the soul. Where what we truly believe in our hearts, we don't always live out. Our true values in our lives many times don't come out in our daily decisions. For example, we say that my health is really important, but do we exercise and eat right like we should? You know, we say that family is priority, but do we put work and hobbies and other things ahead of family and relationships? We say that God comes first, but do we put God first in our time, in our finances? Do we really put God first? where it matters most. You see, there is this disconnect between our true selves and our daily decisions, and it creates most of the stress in our lives because our souls long to be connected, to reduce that integrity gap. It's a frustration gap, a stress gap, an integrity gap between what we believe deep in our lives and the decisions we make on a daily basis. And we make these decisions that are, so far from what we truly believe. And it creates so much pain and problems in our soul. And we wonder why we feel such a disconnect, a disequilibrium of the soul, such an emptiness. It's because we're not living from our true selves. Now, if you're a Christ follower, your true self is that you identify with Christ, that your heart wants to follow Christ. You were made to follow Christ. You were made to obey him. And so your true self is righteous, a child of God. And you wanna step into that, your true self, but we also have flesh. And our flesh just wants to do what it feels like doing. You know, my flesh wants to eat a big bowl of ice cream at 10 o'clock at night while I watch television. My flesh says that's a great thing to do. You want to do that, you feel like doing that, you need to do that, you're addicted to doing that, so go do it. That's my flesh. My soul says, that's just stupid. It's gonna make you miserable. And I know that, but my flesh wants to do what it wants to do. Now here's another definition of integrity. Integrity is not doing what you want to, it's doing what you're made to do. Integrity is not doing what you want to do, what you feel like doing, it's doing what you're made to do. And that reduces that stress gap, that integrity gap. And the more you reduce that integrity gap, the more you come alive. Because your soul is constantly seeking to reduce that gap. So you live from your true self and not what your flesh feels like doing. But when we live according to our flesh, what we feel like doing, we're not living from our true self. And that's why every day we have to depend on God and say, God, I need you today. I need your power to live for my true self. I need to die to my flesh because my flesh wants to do all kinds of things that are terrible for me. I don't want to do what I feel like doing. That makes me miserable. I want to do what I was made to do because that makes me find total fulfillment in my life. And so integrity is not doing what you feel like It's doing what you're made to do. And so Daniel just walked the walk. You know, he had a a very small integrity gap, stress gap, because what he truly believed, he lived out. Now look at Daniel 6.10. It says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed, three times a day, just as he had always done. Underline that last phrase, just as he had always done. So what did he do after he found out there was a new law that if you prayed to anyone other than the king over the next 30 days, you'd be thrown into a, a den of hungry lions, what did he do? He did the same thing he had always done. He didn't change anything because of that law. He didn't change anything, he just prayed to the one true God, why? because he knew he was totally dependent upon God. And I love how he prayed three times a day. You see, when you kneel and pray, you're admitting symbolically and in your heart that you need God desperately. That you need God to live through you so you can live from your true self. You need God to help you die to your flesh. That you need God every day. Now in this 40 day God hunt we've been on for the last 40 days, we've encouraged you to. Get in the habit of every morning, right when you wake up, to kneel beside your bed and say, God, I'm not God, you are, I need you today. Strengthen me today, just for five seconds, to kneel and just acknowledge God, it it frames your whole day. And then to get in the habit at night, right before you go to bed, just to kneel and say, God, I messed up a lot today, I need you, I need your grace and forgiveness, but I just ask you to give me strength and a good night's rest and a fresh start tomorrow. It just frames your day. Now Daniel did this three times a day. There's something about kneeling that when your body kneels to God, it reminds your heart how you need to depend upon God. And integrity is just admitting you need God desperately. Integrity is not being perfect. It's not having it all together. It's not just doing everything just right. Integrity is just admitting how much you need God. Admitting how desperate you are for God, how desperate you need God to keep you from living from your flesh that messes everything up so that you can live from your true self. Let me give you another definition of integrity. Integrity is pleasing God even if it disappoints everyone else. You see, Daniel just pleased God. He did what God wanted him to do even though it disappointed the king. Integrity is pleasing God even if it disappoints the king. Integrity is pleasing God even if it disappoints everyone else because the quickest way to lose your integrity is to try to please people. How many of you guys have a little bit of people pleaser in you? I've gotta raise my hand. I've got some people pleaser in me. You know, and part of that is okay. I mean, you know, I I, I want, I like people. I want people to like me. and. Part of that is okay, but man, it can get you in trouble. Because if you're always trying to please people, then you won't live from your true self. It'll create so much stress and dissonance in your soul. But when you seek to please the audience of one and you say, I'm gonna please God, even if it disappoints everyone else, I'm gonna find out what God wants me to do for my true self and do that rather than care about what everyone else thinks about what I'm doing, I'm going to be more concerned about integrity than my image. I'm going to be more concerned about what God thinks about me than what everyone else thinks about me. That's when you're set free. That's when you feel that integrity rising in your soul and that integrity gap being reduced and you start coming alive. But the quickest way to lose your integrity is to try to please people, to be Concerned about pleasing everyone. Number one, you're gonna fail and you're definitely gonna get off track from living from your true self. You're trying to please everyone else, and then you wonder why you feel so empty on the inside and you forget who your true self is. Some of you have lost touch with your true self. You've lost touch with who God made you to be. You've lost touch with your true desires because you've always been trying to dance to everyone else's tune. And that's a dance that will wear you out. And it's unfulfilling. And so Daniel, he followed God. He sought to please God, and it disappointed everyone else. Just as he had done before. Now get the picture. Daniel is doing everything right. He's pleasing God first. And because of what he did, he got thrown into the lion's den. Because of his decision of integrity, and it was a difficult decision, but not for Daniel, because he was gonna please God no matter what the consequences were. He gets thrown into the lion's den because he makes a great decision of integrity. I'm telling you, sometimes you make decisions of integrity and you're gonna get thrown into the lion's den. And you're going, what? I mean, God, I am trying to do things right here. And you end up in a lion's den of difficulty. And that's because the lion's den is a divine opportunity. The lion's den that you're facing today is not your greatest obstacle. The lion's den you're facing today is your greatest opportunity to see God work a miracle in your life. The lion's den you're facing today is the greatest opportunity for God to teach you integrity so that your soul comes alive. God's more concerned about your character than your comfort. And sometimes he allows us to go into the lion's den of difficulty when we make decisions of integrity. And then we find peace and fulfillment, even if someone else around us is disappointed, even if it creates problems for us because we did the right thing, because we followed God. That's when your soul comes alive. And so Daniel does the right thing and he ends up in the lion's den, but it's right where God wants him to be. It's just that in the lion's den, that's difficult to see. It says that they took a stone and put it over the mouth of the lion's den and the lights went out. It all went dark. Can you imagine what that must have been like for Daniel? Here he is. He can't see the hand in front of his face, but I'm sure he could smell and feel the breath of the lions on his face. Can you imagine being in a lion's den of lions that haven't been fed in so long that they're just you know, they're just ready to tear you from limb to limb and it's dark, you can't see a thing. But it's in the lion's dens of life, we lose visibility. We can't see what God is up to and we start asking questions like, God, do you really know where I'm at? God, do you know what's happening right now? God, do you care what's going on in my life? God, do you even exist? I just feel like you're not even there. It's in the lion's den of life that we lose visibility and we can't see what God is up to, but God says, don't worry. Every problem I allow into your life has a purpose. The lion's den is a divine opportunity for you to learn integrity and for me to work a miracle, for me to be glorified and for you to grow. I have a plan, I have a purpose. It's just there's a loss of visibility in the lion's dens of life. It says they took a stone and rolled it over the, that entrance to the lion's den. It reminds me of another stone that was rolled over the entrance of another cave. When Christ was buried, placed in the tomb and they rolled that stone over it and the whole world went dark. Darkness filled the earth, it looked like Satan had won, but it's always darkest just before dawn. And on that third day, the light of the world rolled the stone away and he rolled the darkness back and he defeated death and sin and Satan and he rose from the grave. And I'm telling you today, maybe you can't see what God is up to. You feel like the stone has been rolled over the mouth of the lion's den. The light of the world can roll that stone away and roll the darkness back. And he can bring about a resurrection from a crucifixion. He can take the worst event in the history of the world and turn it into the greatest thing that could ever have happened for us. And so he can take the most painful lion's den of your life and turn it into the most purposeful place that you've ever been. You see, God works his greatest miracles in the lion's dens of life. And maybe you're right there right now. He just wants to say to you, even if you can't see what he's up to, he knows what he's up to. And when you can't see what God is up to, You can't see God's hand, trust his heart because his heart loves you and he knows what he's doing and he's gonna bring you through. The lion's den is just part of God's plan for all of our lives. He will bring you into the lion's den many times in life to teach you integrity, to teach you to trust him, to teach you that he will see you through to show you what real fulfillment is because it's only in the lion's dens of life that we really discover true integrity. It's only in the lion's dens of life that we really come to know God, that he's real and he will see us through. It's when you can't feel God and you can't see God and you trust him anyway and then you see him come through. That's where you really grow. It's called faith. It's where your faith is built in those decisions of integrity. So Daniel is there in the lion's den. The king is concerned about Daniel in the lion's den. And it's in the lion's dens of life that we lose visibility and we lose security. You know, it's in the lion's dens of life that we wonder what God is up to because we don't feel safe. It's not comfortable, it's uncomfortable. I mean, Daniel was right in the middle of God's will in the lion's den seemed like the most dangerous place that he could ever be. And there's a real misconception among Christ followers that if you're really following Christ, then everything's gonna be easy. That if you're really following Christ, then things are gonna go real smoothly, and if they don't, if things start to get dicey or dangerous, if things start to get really hard, then you must have taken a wrong turn. No, whoever said that Christianity and comfort go together? It's just not true. God will call you to do things that push you out of your comfort zone. He doesn't promise that everything will be comfortable. He promises that he will be with you in every hard thing. And so the safest place you could ever be is right in the middle of God's will. We have missionaries, and Church missionaries right now that are in places that, that are very, very dangerous. They're in places that, uh, that um, there are people all around them that wanna do harm to them but they're there because God's called them to be there. And the safest place you could ever be is right in the middle of God's will, right? Smack dab in the middle of God's will because God's watching over you, God's protecting you. Christianity and comfort don't go together. The comfort zone is the death zone and God will many times use the lion's den to shove you out of your comfort zone and into your calling. And so Daniel was just fulfilling what God had called him to do. Now I want you to, to look at this next verse, because it's really interesting to me that it looked like the lion's den was the dead end. It looked like the lion's den was Daniel's destiny. But in verse 17 it says, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. So when the king put a signet ring on anything, it meant that nobody could change it, that the king had the last say. But Daniel knew the king didn't have the last say. The king of kings had the last say. Daniel knew that the lions wouldn't have the last say. The lion of Judah would have the last say because God is still in control. And so I'm telling you today that if a human being has told you you're at a dead end, that it's all over, that that there's no hope, Don't listen to it unless God says it. Don't listen to it because God can open doors that no one can shut and God can shut doors that no one can open and God has the last say. No king has the last say. The king of kings will always have the last say. So you go to God and you get what God says. No human being has the last say. God writes the last chapter and I want you to know he's not finished writing the book of your life and maybe you feel like you're at the last chapter, I want you to know God has a lot more to write if you'll give him the pen. Your story is not finished yet. God can take all the pain, and he can turn it into his purpose. He can take your mass and turn it into his miracle if you'll give him the pen and let him write the last word. Let him write the rest of your story because your story is not written yet. It's just getting started. If you'll give the pen over to God and let him write it. Well, Daniel was a man who let God write his story. It looked like the lion's den was the end. It looked like the lion's den was his destiny, and when you're in the lion's den, it just feels like it's the end. It just feels like it's your destiny, but the lion's den is not the end. The lion's den is not your destiny, but the decisions you make in the lion's den will determine your destiny. You ought to write that down. The decisions I make when I'm in the lion's den of difficulty determine my destiny. It's not the decisions you make when everything's easy and you're laying on the beach somewhere, taking it easy, getting skin cancer. That is not, that is not difficult. It's in the difficult dens of life where we make those decisions that make us or break us. The lion's den, the decisions you make in the lion's den will determine your destiny. It all comes down to do you look at the lions and are filled with fear and worry or do you look at the lion of Judah and you're filled with peace? Because in the lion's den of life, you'll either be at peace or you'll be torn to pieces. It's interesting to me that Daniel and got a good night's rest. The only person who couldn't sleep that night was the king, not Daniel. In verse 18, it says, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. So Daniel was at peace in the lion's den while the king was being torn to pieces by worry. And in the lion's den, you'll either be at peace or you'll get torn to pieces with worry and fear and anxiety and doubt. But in the lion's den... It doesn't matter what's going on around you. As long as your soul is connected to God and you're living out your heart's values, your true self, you'll find peace. You'll find contentment in the lion's den. D.L. Moody said, I just envisioned Daniel using one of those lions for a soft pillow that night so that he could sleep well. It's the best pillow of all, a lion. If you have the paw of a lion around you, protecting you if that is. That's a safe place to be. It all depends on the motives of the lion. If you've got the Lion of Judah putting his paw around you, protecting you, you're in the safest place you can be because the lion is not the king of the jungle. The Lion of Judah is the king of the world and he will protect you and he'll watch over you. Many times though, my first response when I'm in the lion's den is to gripe and complain and get really discouraged. Do You ever get really discouraged in the lion's den where you just feel like giving up? It's like, man, this is hopeless. I don't know what this is. I'm trying to do the right thing and all these things are happening to me. Life is so tough, it's so painful, it's so hard. You know, I'm in the lion's den. I'm gonna get eaten by the lions. Might as well put some barbecue sauce on me, season me up a little bit, stick a fork in me, I'm done. I mean, that's the way we act in the lion's den many times. And God says that's called unbelief. But when we choose to believe God, even when we don't see it or feel him, that's faith and it opens the doorway for God to do what he wants in our lives and to fill us with that integrity. Well, I want you to look at the next passage here because the king worries all night long, but Daniel is safe all night long, and the lion's den displays God's power. It says in verse 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found in him because he had trusted in his God. So the king comes early in the morning, goes, Daniel, are you okay? Did God, your God save you? And Daniel said, oh yeah, he shut the mouths of the lions. I don't have to worry about, I didn't have to worry about the lions. He just shut their mouths. And by the way, this is real interesting to me because Maybe you've got some lions, some critics who are trying to tear you apart with their words. Maybe you're trying to do the right thing and you've got other people criticizing you. Whenever you do anything for God or you do anything that stands for the truth, you'll have a lot of critics that'll try to come in. And A lot of times it's just because maybe the way you're living is making them feel bad about themselves and have to look within. Or maybe they're just jealous or whatever it is, but Don't worry about the critics. God can shut the mouths of the lions. God can shut the mouths of the critics. You just keep following God. Don't worry about what people think about you. You just keep following God. Keep pursuing God and let him shut the mouths of the lions because God can do that. And so Daniel was lifted out of the lion's den. And this is good news for all of you who are in the lion's den today. God will lift you out of the lion's den. You can't get out of it yourself, but God will lift you out if you'll give it to God. God will lift you out of the lion's den so he can lift himself up. Because when Daniel was lifted out of the den, God's name was lifted up. This king who thought he was a God who wanted people to pray to him, realized how powerless he was, and then he says, I I make a new decree that Daniel's God, that's the God right there. Daniel's God, we need to worship Daniel's God. Don't worship me, let's worship Daniel's God. I'm gonna make a decree about that. And then this king, who just, the day before, felt like he was a god, says this in verse 27. He rescues and saves his people. He performed miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So this pagan king says, hey, God, Daniel's God, he rescues his people from the power of the lions. He is God. When God lifts you out of the lion's den, he does it to lift his name up. And God wants to lift you out to lift up his name so that when people look at you, they'll see God. And they'll see that he's a God that they can trust. I want you to know, if you're a Christ follower, people are watching you. You may not realize it, but people are watching you they are watching what you do. They're watching the decisions you make. If you're a pastor, they watch in the grocery store and everywhere else. But, but for the rest of you, you know, what's, what's in Pastor Carry's cart? I don't know. Let me go look, you know. If you're a pastor, they watch you everywhere, all right? But it, it, I'm telling you, people are watching you if you're a Christ follower, and they're not watching you when everything's great. It's no big deal. If you're living for God when everything's great, that's no big deal. It's when the pain comes, it's when the problems hit and the difficulties and the Serengeti of stress sets in. They're watching you. They're watching to see how you react, how you respond. Because when you respond with integrity and when you're at peace in the middle of the lion's den, instead of being torn to pieces by worry and anxiety, then they go, I don't have that. I don't have that. I, I, I need that because that, that I, I can't do that. That's something beyond me. They're like King Darius of the Medes and Persians saying that I am not God, but Daniel's God is God. I don't have what Daniel has. And so I'm just telling you, if you're in the lion's den, people are watching because God is on display through your life. Let him give you his peace. Let him give you his rest so you can sleep on the Lion of Judah and let his paws wrap you up and protect you and care for you. And then he will lift you out to lift his name up. He will lift you out to lift his name up because he will be glorified. And God loves you so much. He wants the good for you more than you want the good for yourself. And so maybe you came in here today, or you're watching online or through a broadcast ministry and, and you came in discouraged and down feeling like, I'm in the lion's den, this is my destiny. This lion's den is the end. I want you to know it's not. God wanted you to know that he's getting ready to lift you out of the den, but he wants you to learn integrity first. He wants to reduce that disconnect of the soul so you can live from your true self. And he wants you to feel his peace in the middle of the lion's den. It's the only place you can really feel his peace. It doesn't come when everything's perfect because nothing ever is. On this earth, it comes in the middle of problems and pain and stress, and you feel this peace in spite of your circumstances, that's when you find true happiness that no one can take away from you. Let's bow together. Dear God, we come before you right now, and we thank you for your love for us, and I just know there's so many in the lion's den of life right now, and, and, and they're feeling like the lion's den is the end, and I pray that you would just speak to their hearts right now, fill them with hope. Bring a little light into the lion's den to show them that you, light of the world, can roll back the stone and roll back the darkness and lift them out to lift your name up. And I thank you that you're going to do that. But I pray that you would help us, Lord, trust you and rest in you in the lion's den to have peace, Lord, that whatever happens, you're in control and you know what's best. And we surrender, Lord, to you in the lion's den so you can fill us with peace and give us the power to make decisions, Lord, from our true selves rather than from our flesh, so that we can feel the power of integrity in our lives. And I pray for those, Lord, who've never received you, that maybe they feel like in life they're just being torn apart by everything because they don't have you in their life. And I pray right now that they would say this prayer, Jesus Christ, Lion of Judah, I need you. I'm not God. I'm powerless to save myself and I ask you to save me, to forgive me of all my sins. Pull me out of the lion's den of my selfishness and pride and take me to heaven one day. Come into my life and make me new on the inside. I surrender to you and ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I don't have it together at all, but I ask you to give me your grace and forgiveness that's free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life and he will never leave you. He'll always be in your life. I want us to stand right now because we're gonna sing a closing song to God. It's our prayer of dedication and benediction because he is alive and he makes us come alive. He makes our souls come alive. Next week, we're starting a new two-part series that's all about you are not alone. You are not alone in the universe, did you know that? God knows about you, cares about you, and he's got a plan for you. But let's sing to him because he's alive, we're alive. He came out of the grave so we can come out of the grave and we can be alive in our souls. God bless you, Woodland Church, we love you. Let's sing with all our heart. Hey church.